the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast on Woodland Maintenance. Today's podcast will look to answer questions raised by farmers and landowners considering woodland creation for the first time and from those who have already planted trees and are now looking to understand how best to look after them. Woodland maintenance is an umbrella term commonly used by foresters to describe the work required after trees have been planted. It's crucial to get this right in the first few years to help woodlands get established successfully. Maintenance includes controlling weeds, replacing trees that have died, also known as beating up, as well as making sure fences and tree shelters are still in good condition to protect the growing young trees. If you create a new woodland through the forestry grant scheme, on top of your initial planting and capital costs, you'll also receive a fixed annual payment to support the cost of maintenance for the first five years. Hello and welcome to today's Farm Advisory Service Woodland Maintenance Podcast. My name is Ben Law and we're joined today by Eric Boyd of Eric Boyd Forestry Limited. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Um, Could you tell us a wee bit about yourself, uh, what services you provide and in what uh, level are you involved in forestry? Hi Ben, glad to join you today. Um, I've been in forestry for 42 years now, started when I was 16, worked up through the squads, um, went self-employed in 93 and in 2003 formed a limited company, Eric Boyd Forestry Limited, and we are mainly involved in forestry establishment and maintenance work. And at the last three or four years, we've planted an average of about 5 million trees between establishment work, restock work and beat-up jobs. We also do a lot of cleaning work, weeding work, chemical spraying. So anything to do with forestry establishment and maintenance, our company is involved in and has been for, as I say, 42 years. So it's quite a wealth of experience if you've got behind you there, Eric. Um, I'm sure you've seen quite a few changes in the industry as well, um, as well as a number of different uh, grant models and forestry incentives over the past few decades. Now, in terms of woodland maintenance, um, this is something that will we'll come up with a lot of woodland owners, be they existing woodland owners or people looking for new woodland creations. And the question many will ask is why wooden maintenance is required? Um, now, I'm sure we th- see trees, a lot of people see them as just forests on the hillside without realising how much work is actually involved. Um, like any other crop, uh, forestry does require maintenance. It's not just something we can plant and forget. And it's essential to make sure that we maintain these woodlands to make sure they establish successfully. In terms of maintenance, Eric, uh, how about we start with the, the basics of woodland creation? How about weeding? Yeah, um, woodland creations especially, many of them are either ploughed or continuous mounding now. And grass growth because they're on farms and estate ground, which hasn't generally been used for woods. The grass growth can be quite strong and vigorous. Um, So woodland maintenance on your young trees is very important, especially keeping the grass grass down to give the trees a chance to get established. 
this normally takes a couple of years with the right procedures. You can get your trees away and out of the grass within a couple of years and then not really have much problems regarding maintenance after that. Mm-hmm. So as well as grass, we've obviously got other weeds to, to be wary of, all things like gorse, heather and bracken, um, as well as thistles and docks and ragwort as well. Um, by way of weeding, Eric, obviously we've got various different control methods here. Uh, we'll touch on those in a little bit later. Um, but in terms of why weeding is required, um, a lot of people wonder why we need to put this effort in. Now, part of a, a forestry grant scheme within creation contract uh, that you'll sign at the beginning of a within creation uh, to secure the, the grant funding is this obligation uh, to establish the forest over a 20-year term. Um, and this is something that's inspected by Scottish Forestry and penalties can be levelled if the stocking density is not right. In terms of stocking densities, um, something will... <laughs> a lot of people will hear the words beating up and it's not something they've come across. Is this something you do on a regular basis, Eric? And how would you best describe it? Yes, we do. We do beating up every year. We do a couple of thousand hectares a year, actually, within restock and woodland establishment. Um to try and maintain the stocking densities as required by Scottish forestry, you have to have X amount of trees alive at year five. So the point of beating up is walking through, looking for dead or dying trees that maybe haven't been able to get established in the first year for various reasons and replacing them with new trees. So hopefully after a couple of years of beating up and checking that won't need to be done anymore. And after year two or three, you'll have your two and a half to two six per hectare. If it's a commercial crop established and ready to grow on its own without much maintenance at all. There's quite a few issues what can cause deaths in trees, which might be touched on later on in the conversation, but on new established forest, it's mainly grass growth and drought. Your crops can suffer quite dramatically like any crop if you have a dry spell of weather and they're not getting enough water. Other than that, it's just really important to keep your figures and your numbers of trees alive within your hectare space. You've touched on something important there, Eric, there as well, in terms of what can cause these losses. And one of the, the key issues we see across a lot of the, the woodlands we look after uh, is predation. Now, that can be from any number of uh, different predators of trees, uh, including the usual suspects of deer uh, and voles, uh, but it can also include uh, sheep and livestock that have broken into pens and forestry within creations where they shouldn't be. In terms of protection, Eric, we're... The main uh, points we'll look at with forestry would be fencing uh, and shelters. Is this part of weather maintenance as well? Yes, once once the, the forest has been established, i.e. the first couple of years of planting, a lot of native broadleaves, which maybe are planted up the riparian zones next to rivers, could have tree shelters in them. Sometimes these are outside deer fencing, so they need to be maintained as well. And inside a lot of the deer fencing and woodland creations, a lot of people, if there's a high vole population, will use vole guards or spirals round round the trees just to give that 
added protection. And once the trees are big enough to withstand any of the pests, then these can be removed and recycled or taken away to be disposed of. In terms of the protection from voles as well, um, we've we've already mentioned weeding and grasses around young trees. Um, clearly, if we keep the, the grasses suppressed, this reduces the amount of cover available for voles on the ground and reduces the number of uh, vole damaged trees as well, uh, in the sense that they've, they've got less areas to hide and they're more likely to be predated on by uh, birds like kestrels and buzzards. Eric, in terms of restock sites as well, um, in terms of maintaining restock sites, now it's a completely different kettle here in terms of kettle of fish. We're looking at uh, different policies altogether. These are sites that have been cut down in the past, and we're now looking to restock them as part of the, the restock obligation of the felling permissions now issued by Scottish Forestry. Um, Clearly, we're looking at different weeds within a, a restock site. Uh, sites may well have been left fallow for a few years uh, and then being restocked again. Now, do you see there's a different uh, mix of weeds on a, a restock site compared to a within creation? And would you treat them differently? Uh, yes, you would. It, de- it depends as well as to how much timber or brash has been left in the restock site. And if you're leaving sites fallow, the main reason for leaving them fallow is to try and cut down in the weevil population, which obviously affects the growth of the trees by basically they eat the bark off the bottom of the trees and the trees die. So you have to do quite a hefty beat up. But the problem of leaving a lot of sites fallow is then you're you're encouraging weed growth, which then you have the second problem of extra cost of weeding these sites and maybe remounding them or mounding them through heavy grass and tall rushes which sometimes doesn't allow you to get your stocking densities to the correct spacing because the digger operator can't actually quite see where he's putting his mounds. I, I personally think that hot planting, getting in and mounding a site as quick as possible and getting it replanted and doing some top-up spraying or weevil spraying in the first year or so is far preferable than leaving a site fallow. But a lot of foresters and contractors have different different views on that. And I think it, what has to be taken into account is whereabouts in Scotland it is and how high up as to what your grass growth and weed growth is likely to be. The problem in a lot of restock sites is you can get rhododendron growth coming in, gorse coming in, and once that gets a hold, then the cost of eradicating those species is far greater than maybe planting early on and trying to get your trees established and outgrow basically the invasive weeds what you don't want on site. You've, you've mentioned one of the, the key challenges we have there in restock sites, Eric, in terms of weevil. Um, weevil, for those who have not come across them yet, um, are small beetles that target young trees, normally conifers, but can target any other species as well. Uh, and they cause browsing damage to the base of the trees. Uh, and in enough numbers, uh, they're able to, to girdle the, the bark, uh, killing off any of the tree growth above. Now, in terms of the way we protect against weevil, um, there's a number of different methods in use at present, uh, one of which is treated trees uh, from nursery stock. These trees are, are dipped 
with an insecticide or oversprayed within the nursery environment before they're planted on site. Um, and the other alternative that is the, the main uh, approach to in Scottish forestry is overspraying uh, sites uh, following planting. Now, I'm sure this is something you do, Eric, and I'm sure you're, you're well aware of the, the risks and the, the hazards involved for the chemicals uh, used. Yes, um, we most of the trees that we plant come pre-treated now with a chemical called Gazelle. There's still some treatment done with alpha alpha cypermethrin, which is a different method that it's put on and doesn't stay in the tree as long. Gazelle st- gets sprayed onto the tree, but it also becomes systemic, so it gets into the tree and gives you a wee bit more protection. So if you plant a treated tree with gazelle in November, you should still have protection for a good eight to nine months. Whereas anything with alpha cypermethrin, if you get a lot of rain and depending on what part of the country you're in, you might only get a three month protection window. And then you need to go in early and respray. And most of the respraying is done with gazelle as well. But yeah, it's a laborious job. Everyone's got to have the correct PPE on, um, correct certification to be able to apply pesticide. Gazelle itself um, is not a good chemical for being near water. So you do have issues if you're in a very wet site. A lot of the area sometimes can't be sprayed. So you're up against that as well. So sometimes you're better planting a slightly larger stock, which might be able to put on some girth a lot quicker than small trees, in which case the, the weevil don't do quite as much damage. Certainly one of the, the biggest challenges of restock is managing weevil and predicting when they'll strike and when to start protecting the trees as well. Um, moving back, Eric, to, to woodland maintenance uh, for woodland creations, um, when would you think about maintenance with a woodland creation? Uh, and when would you start assessing the weeds and what to do? If you're doing a weedland creation and you're doing it in March, say you'd be starting to look ahead and assessing what you anticipate needing done straight away so that you're not caught in a hop. Because again, if you're going to be using chemical for doing any of the treatment for for weeds it's very difficult to be very reactive to it because of the weather that we get especially on the west coast of scotland um you can't sort of plan a week ahead and sort of say you're going to have a, a squad of guys there ready to go and then the weather changes so you're wanting to have everything all planned and in place so that you're waiting for that weather window if, if the ground's been topped and there's very little vegetation around the mounds, you'll probably get away with the first year without doing anything and make it to the winter period, which gives you a chance maybe to use kerb, which is a residual herbicide, which you can spray around the mound and over the tree if need be. And it's quite effective in certain grass types and certainly can save a lot of summer work if it takes well and does the job through the winter. But if it doesn't, then you're going to be reduced to using Roundup or a glyphosate-based chemical, which a lot of farmers will be used to using anyway. 
but obviously you've got to be a lot more careful of that so that you're not touching any of the trees with the chemical as it will kill the trees if you're not careful. But these are really the main two options. If the, the weather window doesn't allow for chemical spraying, then you might have to go in with hand weeding. Or if it's in a nice woodland creation and the rows are spaced correctly, you'd be able to use a quad with a mower to be able to mow down down the rows and that would keep a lot of the, the grass growth or weeds away from the tree until it gets established. So there's certainly a lot of aspects to look at there, uh, Eric, in terms of the, the various chemicals to use. You've, you've mentioned a couple there, including curb, uh, glyphosate, which is the, the most common, obviously. Um, other chemicals we use as well, uh, laser uh, weeding, as well as azulux as well. Now, more of a challenging chemical to use with weeding bracken is a challenge in itself. The hand weeding of bracken is a challenge. If it's a solid amount of bracken, you're probably better putting glyphosate in your knapsack and using that. But if you've got a large a large area of bracken where it can be sprayed by helicopter, Azulox is probably still the best, best solution. Um, if uh, Azulox that doesn't work or the weather window doesn't allow and you have to do hand bracken weeding with hooks, then it's quite a laborious job, an expensive job, just due to the time scale it takes. But again, there's different scenarios. If you've got lowland bracken, it, it can be up to head height. But if you have upper lowland bracken where you're higher up, up the hill, sometimes it only goes to about knee height. So it doesn't take as long. So again, it, it's just looking looking ahead to what the weed problems are actually going to be on a, on a site and anticipating what work is going to need done to be able to complement the trees because at the end of the day what you're trying to do is grow a healthy strong tree and to get that you need sunlight getting to it keeping pests off it whether it's deer rabbits voles sheep if the fencing isn't up to standard it's just foreseeing what's coming down the line with the maintenance programme and letting everybody involved, whether it's the client, the contractor, to know exactly what the costs might be and the timescale which is involved in some of these things. Because you can't, if somebody comes up to you and, and gives you 100 hectares of bracken weeding, you're not going to get it done in a couple of weeks, even with a squad of five or six people. You're you're looking at well over a month's work. So you have to, to build all that into work programs just to make sure that the client's getting, one, the job done in time, the amount, enough people to do the actual job and also value for money. So as a, a forestry contractor, um, what do you feel is the most important thing somebody who's planning a within creation can do to both reduce the the maintenance requirements of a new site and also to make the maintenance operations easier, as it were? I would say make sure that the very first year everything is done properly and no corners are skipped and you get your trees established as best as possible uh, because if you don't get them established in year one, pretty good, like with maybe only like a... You know, we normally work that if you've got less than a 10% death rate, that's a, a pretty good result. 
And if you can get your first year away, then the following year when you do beating up, you plant slightly larger trees so that they're not playing catch up with the trees that have been established. And so you're getting a uniformed crop growing. I would say that's the 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 most important. Get the first year right. And you'll find that after year three, possibly, you won't really need to do any maintenance on your stock and you can sit back and watch your forest grow nicely. In terms of the the budding landowners, um, (laughs) obviously being a forestry contractor yourself, Eric, you're not one to do yourself out of any work, but for an ambitious farmer or landowner, is within maintenance something they can do themselves? I would say some parts of it, yes, and other parts. Other parts know there's been quite a few occasions in the past where landowners have decided to do jobs themselves and we have been called in by the landowner or, or an agent to come and help out or to sort out what what they've done. Uh, a lot of maintenance takes quite a lot of time and a lot of owners and farmers and all that, they've got enough to get on with, with without starting to to try and do weevil spraying, grass cutting, bracken cutting, plant the trees, fix fences. Um, certainly maintenance of fences around their own farm if it's bordering onto a forest is something which landowners can do quite quite easily. But um, I would say the time and effort that they put in to try and get the forest established themselves would be cheaper and more beneficial for them to actually use contractors who would just come in, do the job, get it done as quick as possible to the correct specifications required and then leave again and that would be the job done. And certainly have the, the experience, the knowledge, uh, the equipment uh, and the, <laughs> the required qualifications as well uh, to do the work safely and effectively. Yeah, because everything's everything's changing now. As I say, for a chemical, you need PE one, PE six, and um, you've got to do that course to be able to do it in anybody's ground. Scrub cutting, strimming with a strimmer or scrub cutter now is all certificated. Chainsaw is all certificated. So there's very little that a contractor can do nowadays without being certificated. Even planting treated trees. Just so you know the rules and regulations of handling trees which have chemical on them, so that they're not getting into watercourses or into rivers. Moving towards the the future of forestry, um, we're certainly seeing changes, as you've mentioned, in terms of the use of chemicals and the reduction uh, and the aim, as it were, to move away from the chemical usage on sites. Um, Are we seeing a change as a move towards more integrated pest management? Um, Is this something you've come across? Um, not, not personally. Most of the areas that we still work on are still using chemical and stuff. One thing that has changed in the last few years is, especially in the private sector, a lot of people are planting trees with tree boost now, which is a, a fertilizer that you put in in with the tree when you plant it, and it makes a makes a huge difference in quite a few. Uh, woodland creations that we've worked on where that has been used, it's actually greatly reduced the amount of chemical weeding required because the tree gets that initial boost and gets a girth on it and a height on it that, you know, sometimes after year one, 
it's actually got its head above the grass. And once it's got its head above the grass, you don't really need to bother about it that much. So certainly using a fertilizer like tree boosting with um, the planting at the initial stages can have a big benefit. It's very interesting. Eric, just touching finally, uh, something that's played a key part in the industry this year and is certainly developing and looking to be key again in 2021 is the provision of welfare facilities for contractors. Is this something that's affected you with your work this year? Yes, we've got, um, we're having to provide, I mean, it has been low for a wee while, but it's been a while to catch up with forestry. But we, at the moment, we have 10 welfare units out on, on various sites and it's something that isn't going to go away. And it's the law kind of states now that you have to have welfare facilities for any workers on site. So... It can be integrated if it's a farm and they've got outbuildings, which is hot and cold running water and a toilet, then that can be integrated. And if not, uh, welfare facilities have to be accounted for within any operation which is, is carried out in forestry now, whether it's a new woodland creation or existing restock sites. Eric, thank you very much for joining us today and for your insight into the world of woodland maintenance. Um, should any of our listeners want more information about Within Maintenance, uh, the Forestry Grant Scheme or Within Creation, uh, they can find the information on the, the Scottish Forestry website, on the Farm Advisory Service and through the, the Rural Payments uh, Forestry Grant section. Okay, thank you very much for having me.